This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. <laughs> Listen to this. This is the nightmare. So down in California, there was a $26 million Super Lotto Plus ticket that was sold at a gas station last year. And the Lotto Corporation down there has been waiting for someone to claim this jackpot. Now, uh, the guy who works at the gas station has told the Lotto Corporation that the person who won was a regular customer. They pulled the security footage of the time it was purchased and this woman okay. in, in her 40s goes in, she buys the ticket, she leaves. He says he's spoken to her since. She put the ticket through the washing machine and ruined it. And she goes in there all the time and gets the ticket, and this was her one time it was paying she off. She won $26 million, but uh, this this ticket has now expired and $19.7 million is going to go to California's public schools because it was unclaimed. So the woman, she had won the lottery, but she put the ticket through the, the washing machine. So, so, so you're telling me they can have an electronic receipt of the number that was the right number, and they have you on camera, but uh-huh. since you've washed away your ticket in America, it's they gone. don't let you win? It's gone. Oh, my God. The uh, the gas station guy, because the news, the news was in, in touch with them, the local TV station, KTLA, and they're like, do you still have the security video? We'd love to see it. He's like, ah, every month. It gets recorded over, so oh. I don't have it. But he did give the video to the lottery people, so they do have a copy of her buying the ticket. They say that is not enough evidence. Oh, come on! You need to be able to prove. So this is a tip for anyone. I know I buy lotto tickets multiple times every week, and this is the, this is the big fear. What if you lose it? What if it gets stolen? What if you put it through the washing machine? Uh, what you want to be doing is take a picture with your cell phone every time you buy a lotto ticket. Hmm. Because if you have that lotto ticket with the, the the little scan code at the bottom and everything in place, you have a picture of that on your phone. They do consider that evidence that you did own the ticket. Yeah. At one point. I guess they're gonna. I guess they're gonna pull out the fine print. If it comes down to giving somebody twenty million dollars and not, they're gonna use the fine print to their advantage. I guess I don't blame the lottery commission, but that is a shame. Oh, how do you go on? Oh, she's still going into the the variety store at the gas station too. It must be super uncomfortable for the guy behind the counter. Oh, yeah. She's got to make her money back somehow. Yeah. Got to keep playing. You win once, you can win twice. Sure. Right? Peacock, you peacock. Sports with Devin Peacock from Global News Radio. Dev, talking basketball, Raptors season is officially over. And uh, thank goodness for that. Uh, Fred Van Vliet was saying uh, the other day that this is a season that sapped the soul of every member of the team. <laughs> so uh, so he's happy it's done. I mean, I'm, frankly, I'm happy it's done. I, I did not like watching the games in Tampa Bay. Oftentimes, when they did have fans, the fans were cheering against the Raptors. So you go on the road, and you're the visiting team. You go home, you're the visiting team. And it's clear they missed uh, Toronto and Canada, and I think we all missed them. It was a season born out of necessity because of COVID-19. But you've even seen Marcus Simeon with the Toronto Blue Jays talk about how he's happy the team's moving on from Dunedin because, again, you have other teams' fans come down to cheer for them in their home ballpark. It's just 
such a crushing feeling to be in your own home stadium and the fans cheering against you. I mean, really, when you think about it, the Raptors and I guess the Blue Jays should have uh, talked to the Ottawa Senators to know what that's like because the Senators have that all the time. (laughs) The other big basketball story of the weekend was Kobe Bryant being inducted into the NBA Hall of Fame. Yeah, it was a, a pretty emotional night. Uh, Kobe Bryant's wife uh, gave a great speech. Uh, here's part of it. Kobe had many accomplishments. Five-time NBA champion, five-time New York Times best-selling author, 18-time All-Star, a league MVP, and two-time finals MVP. Two-time Olympic gold medal winner. He is also the first professional athlete to win an Oscar. The list goes on, but his most cherished accomplishment was being the very best girl dad. Congratulations, baby. All of your hard work and sacrifices paid off. You once told me, if you're going to bet on someone, bet on yourself. I'm glad you bet on yourself, you overachiever. You did it. You're in the Hall of Fame now. You're a true champ. You're not just an MVP. You're an all-time great. Vanessa said she's not used to um, mentioning Kobe's accomplishments because she was the one who would have to keep him grounded. He got enough of that elsewhere. She's the one who kept him grounded when he came home. And uh, it seemed to work because uh, he's uh, in the Hall of Fame now. I mean, uh, I don't I don't know what you can say about Kobe Bryant that hasn't already been sent. He is uh, said he is an all-timer, uh, and he's right up there as kind of fitting that Michael Jordan was there for the presentation because he's right up there with uh, Michael Jordan. When we're getting the show going, Jim posts uh, something funny on the Taz and Jim Facebook page, and I like the I like the uh, post this morning. It, it was originally a tweet from a girl named Caitlin. It says, okay, I'm stoned, but this seems like a good idea. What if there was an app that both you and your partner have where you both swipe right and left on movies that are on your streaming services and when you find a match, it lets you know. So it'll it'll match shows that you both want to watch together. Mm-hmm. That is genius. It's not bad, eh? It's a very good idea. Because how does it how does it go with you and your wife when you're looking for a movie on on Netflix or whatever? I don't think we've watched a movie together in seven years. <laughs> it's too hard to come to a conclusion. We, we sit down, we spend an hour and 45 minutes scrolling through our selections, and then we find something we might agree on, and we add it to the list for a later date. Yeah, Just yeah. go to bed. It's good for a future date, but not tonight. That's the thing. Anytime you come up with something that you like, you're like, okay, but we could probably find something better. Yeah, and what else is there? you never find the better thing. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that uh, describes life, Jim. Mm-hmm. There's always something better. Sometimes <laughs> you just gotta gotta just cash in the chips. Press play on whatever you're on, and just wa- sit through it. Yeah, or there should there, <laughs> put up with it and say it's better than nothing. And there should be a thing, maybe like where there's a timer. You get seven minutes to pick a movie, or Netflix is off for the night, and you can't turn it back on. Something like that. So just so you can get to the point. That's not a bad idea, too. I like this. Uh, maybe we should develop a Taz and Jim relationship app, and this could just be part of it. Because I don't know if this this would be our multi-million dollar idea on its own, an app where you can swipe right and left on, on what mo- shows and movies you want to watch. Okay. But if you add into the mix something similar, like in our house, the worst thing is when um, I ask my wife, what do you want to have for dinner? Mm. 
And what's the response that you just dread getting? I don't know. What do you want to have? I didn't ask you what I want to have for dinner. I asked what you want to have for dinner. So maybe on this app as well, we could have pictures of meals where you swipe right and left. Okay. You know, and then it'll match up. If we're both feeling like pasta, it'll let us know. Mm -hmm. If we're both feeling like roast beef, it'll let us know. (laughs) This is brilliant. Add it to the list. Yes. The Uh relationship manager. And also, you know what else we'll add to that relationship manager? Uh, names for kids and or dogs. Yep, put you, that you, on there. You can start swiping with the names that you like and then the ones that match. And then when you're ready to make that decision, you mm-hmm. just go to the app. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could put horny alerts on there. <laughs> horny alerts. Horny alerts. A little bell goes off <laughs> yeah, if your yeah. partner's in the mood. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I'm getting a notification here. Bing bong. <laughs> Gotta go, guys. <laughs> we are developing the Taz and Jim relationship management app. And what we've got included in this thing so far, it's going to help you pick Netflix shows with your partner. So swipe left, swipe swipe, swipe right. If you like a show or you don't like a show, they'll match up shows. So when you sit down on the couch, you can just watch something mm-hmm. that you already agree on. Uh, same thing, what's for dinner? It's going to help you pick your meals so you don't have to go through that every day at around 3 o'clock. Hey, what do you want to have for dinner tonight? Uh, Baby names and dog names, it'll help you decide on those. It it will send out horny alerts to let you know that your partner is horny. Brilliant. Uh Uh-huh. And what else should it include? What should the relationship management app include? Good morning. Oh, I have something to add to your relationship app. Yeah. Um, something that you can press on your phone that uh, electrifies the couch to get your husband off of his ass and get his chores done on a Saturday. <laughs> and it has to be like the electric current of one of those uh, fences that keep cows in. So you want you don't want a, just a little buzz. You need it to be like an, uh, something that is not tolerable, so he can't yes. sit through yeah, it. Yeah. Oh no, no, he'll he'll put it up with the little buzzes. It has to be electrified. He needs to be jumping six feet in the air whenever you press that button. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, we'll put it on the list here. <laughs> Thank you. On. I need that. Thank you. Bye. Hey, it's Taz and Jim. Hey, you're looking for ideas for the app, a menstrual cycle tracker. Oh, boy. You know, there is already an app for that. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm but not kidding. On yours. We'll put it in there. <laughs> sure. The cranky switch. <laughs> the cranky switch. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Later, Todd. All right. Yeah. If we call it the cranky switch, then husbands get cranky sometimes and mm-hmm. just let your wife or partner know you're in a bad mood by... Flipping the cranky switch. Yeah, you know, like if you're be, really into a sports team, anytime they lose, the wife gets sure. an alert when you wake up in the morning that he might be a little angry. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not you. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I've don't got other stuff going on. Don't take it personally. He's, he's just quiet. That's a good idea. This They're, list, I yeah. like it. Vacation ideas and date ideas. Agree on those too. Yeah, this is going to save people a lot of time. <laughs> when we finally figure out how to make an app. So I guess she's time for the Rural Report. The Rural, Rural, Rural Report. There we go, bud. Yeah. Big things happen in small towns. And if you can't get down to the Legion and get the stories from the salty bartender or run into the town gossip at the dump, you got to get your small town news somewhere. 
which is why Jim Kelly scours the country for interesting things that have happened in some smaller communities. What do you have for us this morning, Jim? Well, Taz, sometimes small town news is just so small town, it travels across the whole country. It's just so perfect. And this place uh, is in the middle of uh, East Central Saskatchewan, and which is perfect because this whole story sounds like something out of uh, Little House on the Prairie. First off, the town's name is Porcupine Plain. Porcupine Plain, Saskatchewan, a farmer <laughs> was uh, building a fence. And, you know, it's rough to build a fence these days. You know, wood's so expensive. Oh, yeah. So this guy digs all these holes for his, his fence, and he, he buys these these poles, these wooden poles, you know, fence poles. And he lays them all out on his property. Overnight, they go missing. So what the? There's a, this a lot of wood, a lot of lumber gone missing. With these yeah. lumber prices, no wonder. You can't trust anybody. Dirty lumber thieves, of course. So the RCMP gets called. They try to, you know, find some tire tracks. They're trying to figure out how anybody could have loaded up this many uh, logs of wood in the middle of the night so quietly. They run out of ideas. They got no suspects, so they, they leave. They drive down the road, and then, then they look at a river that's kind of flowing near the road, and they go, wait a second. They see one log in there. Like, wait even another second. They follow the river. Turns out there's a whole beaver dam built with all of these fence posts. Turns out a group of beavers stole all the lumber in the middle of the night, floated her down the river, and they had some sort of Whalen's Corners Muskoka log cabin set up. Like, imagine that beaver dam, Taz. These guys... That's not a dam. That's a dam. Damn. Damn. Look at that thing. Those beavers are coming on up. But unfortunately, they did have to dismantle the beaver dam, and they gave them back to the to the farmer. So uh, case closed. Like, that's great that they, they, they wasn't stolen by some, some dirty, rotten scoundrels. But I, I do feel bad for the beavers. Yeah. I. But, you know, I wish kind of a, more of our... Crimes were solved by cute animals, you know, and they were the reason that the, the crime happened in the first place. Like, oh, who trashed the bee sanctuary and stole all the honey? Oh, it's just a black bear. Look at him. He's, he's dozing. He ate so much sugar. Oh, the double homicide. Oh, it's just a Canadian goose. You know how they get. Can't trust those beavers. Mm-hmm. Always going after the wood. Sneaky, sneaky beavers. Porcupine? Porcupine plane. So do they just have like little rodents running around this town? Yeah. <laughs> the the actual the RCMP officers were a fox and, and a, a hen. <laughs> <laughs> this is a homecoming of sorts here. We welcome to the program stand-up comedian Mike Mitchell. How are you, Mike? I'm pretty good, man. How are you guys doing? Good. Yeah, we're doing well. Uh Mike. You used to work at Y108 in Hamilton. What was your role at the station? I uh, I slept gear around on the street team for a little while. Street team? You had a punk show Monday nights at midnight too, right? Primetime? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the new noise. That was, uh, that was a good time. Was, uh, I know we had thousands of listeners at Mondays at midnight, so nice to be here. Yeah. Well, now you look at you. You've, you've moved on and you are, uh, you're doing stand-up. And you've got your own show. This is the thing. Tell us about uh, the show. Yeah, yeah. So this is the thing is about two uh, mid-30s guys that work at a record store. They're trying to chase their dreams of becoming a uh, famous stand-up comedian and a YouTuber. Um, but there's, uh, there's a ton of uh, musical performances in the show. 
got Sam Coffey, Tara Lightfoot, uh, Dirty Nell making an appearance. A lot, a lot of uh, hometown favorites. Well, that's pretty cool. So, I did, is that like worked into the plot of the show? Like, because it's a scripted comedy series set in a record store in Hamilton, right? Yeah, that's right. So, uh, we we've got some in store performances that uh, we scripted to uh, to get them into the into the show. We uh, we have a secret show that's uh, in the last episode with Sam Coffey in the air long. So it was uh, kind of challenging coming up with different ways to keep making excuses for bands to show up and play. <laughs> but every episode there is a band hey, that's awesome. Listen, if Gilligan's Island could figure out how to have a new guest star every week, yeah. you guys could do it. they get the Harlem it. Globetrotters on a desert island. <laughs> and then have them leave at the end of half an hour. <laughs> and they have to stay. Yeah. Uh, well, we've got a clip here. This is the thing is the name of the show. It takes place in a Hamilton record store, and that'll be very evident by this clip. What the hell, man? Hey, bud, want a brew? Dude, it's 9 a.m. This, this is a mall. Yeah, but this is a thing. I, I haven't slept yet. And, and and this is Hamilton, bud. Relax. That's how we say hello here. That's a Hamilton hello. Oh, my God. I wish it was a Hamilton goodbye. Get out of here, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the old Hamilton hello. <laughs> That's now in the vernacular. <laughs> I hope so, yeah. That's great. We got a Y108 beer with Cameron's Brewing right now. We're going to be Hamilton helloing everybody. <laughs> oh, my God. I hope that catches on. Yeah. Be like the next uh, dabbing. I hope so. Is Hamilton specifically a funny city to you? Why did you decide to uh, locate it in Hamilton and not Toronto like all these TV shows try to do? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm born and raised in Hamilton. I think it's a hilarious city. The city itself is kind of like a character. Um just uh, everybody that has ever walked around in downtown Hamilton sees the same types of characters all over the place, and we tried to bring them into the show as much as possible um, with stuff that would only happen in Hamilton. And even when we were filming, uh, when we were shooting some B-roll stuff, we got the shots that we wanted, and as soon as uh, we got the one shot, uh, a homeless guy walked by with a, uh, a towering cart full of cans, and it's like, ah, oh, this is Hamilton, totally, this is great. So... Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a hilarious city. Where did you film? Where's the interior of the record store? Is that a real record store? Because if not, kudos to the set dressers. It looks pretty authentic. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's Sunrise Records up at uh, up at Limeridge Mall. So uh, they're they're a pretty good partner of ours. Let us uh, let us film in there overnight a few days uh, during during the fall. That's pretty cool. And th- did they have someone watching you to make sure you didn't slide any <laughs> vinyls under your shirt, or did they trust you <laughs> well, completely? You know what? Uh, I, up until last week, worked at Sunrise Records, and uh, Tim, who co-stars in the show, was also working at Sunrise at the time. Uh, so it was, uh, yeah, we, uh, we kind of twisted uh, twisted their arms a little bit and to a partnership and said, like, hey, it's going to be free advertising, totally. Yeah. Well, this is sweet, though, because truth is comedy. You guys lived there, basically, so this is uh, going to be authentic, eh? Oh, yeah, big time. And uh, we work together, and so I, I think uh, I think the chemistry kind of comes through in the show. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's very authentic in, in everything that we're doing with it. Well, you got to check it out. Mike Mitchell, former Y108 employee, now the star of This Is The Thing new TV series. Where can people watch this, Mike? Yeah, it's on Bell Five TV One. So if you're a Bell subscriber, um, there's a there's a TV One channel. You can go watch it uh, watch it there, um, or watch it online on the uh, the Five channel as well. 
Uh, and that'll be for the first like 30 days or so. So please watch it on Bell if you are a subscriber. But if not, um, kind of you know keep your eyes peeled. We'll we'll have it out in a couple of other formats uh, eventually too. So okay, but for now it's on five. Okay, right like now. the internet is that the format <laughs> yeah. we're we're talking about? Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, we can't wait to watch all the episodes, and and uh, anyone from Hamilton is going to be chuckling with the the inside references. I'm sure this is the thing set in a Hamilton record store, Sunrise Records at, at Lime Ridge Mall. You probably have been there. Uh, check them out, Mike Mitchell. Congratulations, man! The show is out today, and we wish you continued success. Come back on the show soon, okay? Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you guys so much for uh, letting me talk about those things. Oh my god, I wish it was a Hamilton goodbye. We were talking to Ryan and Ewan from the, the Sheepdogs, and we asked the guys what they've been up to during the pandemic, and this was Ewan's answer. I got into whiskey, and, and I played a lot of Super Nintendo. Those are my, <laughs> those are my likes. <laughs> What's the greatest Super Nintendo game of all time, Ewan? Well, you know, I, everyone likes Zelda and stuff, Mario Kart, but uh, there's a little known game from uh 1992 called super batter up baseball and it's like a <laughs> really bad game but my brother and i have been playing it for 20 plus 30 you know 30 years or whatever and it's like based on the 1991 season with real stats and player names so uh the jays are really good uh the the bash brother oakland a's are good with like ricky henderson and stuff so it's a lot of fun just imagine the rivalry between the brothers. Oh, yeah. Throwing controllers at each other's heads. Oh, my God. I could remember <laughs> playing video games with my brother. It would get real intense to the point where if I won, he would chase me around the house and like beat me up if I beat him in certain games. He'd actually plug your controller in, though, Jim. He would allow me to actually play. Uh, he wouldn't just give me the phantom controller. Because <laughs> that is the classic older sibling move. No, no, you're playing. Yeah. Don't worry, Jim, you're playing. No, it, it works. Just press the buttons. Mm -hmm. I think hitting a baseball is one of the most satisfying feelings in life, even if it's in a video game. Just, life, just the timing, yeah. Yeah, just feeling like you... you you hit it out of the mm -hmm. park is just a fantastic feeling, mm -hmm. right? And just that sound. Sometimes in real life, mostly in video games, where it goes, a boo, <laughs> And you, depending on the sound, you know it's going for the fence. Yeah. Here it goes. <laughs> catching, a, catching a ball is also a satisfying feeling. Yeah, true, true. But have you ever hit a ball at, like out of the park before? I don't know if I have, to be honest. I did only once. I never will again. It was a total fluke because I'm not a baseball player. But yeah, it, yeah. I've never dunked a basketball either because I'm I'm never going to. I'm I just not in my body type. But I did hit one out of the fence and best moment of my life, hands down. I've gotten home runs, but I think they've been down the right field line in the Parkers. <laughs> that right? feels pretty good too, though. To be yeah. honest, it, it's not the dinger over the fence. I'm sure. Yeah, but the excitement of somebody wheeling you around third, though. And your flip flops go flying. <laughs> you gotta hustle, yeah. right? You gotta, you you got gotta wheels. stay focused. Watch that coach. Is he telling you yeah. to go? Is he telling? He's telling me to go. Well, the guy in right field spent too much time in the beer tent. We got a chance at this. But case in point, Jim, you've done it once, and I, your eyes just lit yeah. up when you were telling us about oh, it. Oh, I still remember. It was Corn Fest 2011, <laughs> Mitchell Ontario yeah. Corn Fest. Oh, it was amazing. Saturday night. And were you like people buying your rounds all night after that, or 
No, I know you only. I think only the rounds come if you strike out, right? So if a guy strikes out, he has to buy everyone beers. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but you got that memory. You're gonna be in the old folks' home. <laughs> I <you> remember <laughs> telling the telling the nurse who's wiping you down. The, <laughs> One time at Mitchell Cornfest, I hit it over the fence. Sure you did, Mr. Kelly. Sure you did. <clears throat> ah, something's going on with my voice here. <clears throat> you ever find if you're out in the sun too much, your voice gets affected by that? Well, it's because I'm never just out in the sun. Yeah, so I, I would. It. I need like a, a blank canvas to judge that. It's usually beers in the sun or, uh-huh. you know, whatever else. Yeah, that's probably correct. I had a couple of cold beverages on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a good weekend for. I can't wait to have drinks with people uh, other than my uh, my family again. <laughs> my wife, I like. I just want to sit in the backyard. You know, the kids go to bed. I'd love to sit in the backyard and have a glass of wine with my wife. But she's doing this seventy five day extreme diet slash workout regimen. She works out twice a day. She drinks, a, she's like doing what Hammer Manny does and drinks like a gallon of water a day mm-hmm. and no booze, nothing. It's what we all should have been doing during the <laughs> pandemic when you can't see anybody anyways, yeah. you know, come out of it and everyone's like, holy cow, look at, look at Jim, look at Taz. But They're s- in shape now. 75 day challenge. That sounds way too long for a challenge. Like if yeah. you're going inf- to like encourage me to do a challenge it needs to be like 14 days max and then we'll take it from there we'll <laughs> yeah. see, see if we want to renew it such a commitment and she's on day like 42 or something Holy like that cow. I know. Her. and she's doing well she's doing well but i have nobody to have fun with <laughs> she's all business yeah so you're just drinking alone in your backyard that's kind of the greatest i love it <laughs> <laughs> Call me crazy. Well, I, you can't encourage that behavior, Jim. Why? It's irresponsible. Drinking alone in the backyard? How is that irresponsibly? Like one or two. No, I'm talking crushing 12 by yourself, almost hallucinating because <laughs> you're not talking to anybody and you're staring at a fire. No. It's the greatest. No. I mean,. Uh, other than there's regulations. We can't promote that regulations? kind of Regulations? You're not. Yes. No, don't drive. Uh huh. You know, make sure you hydrate in between and have and a these full are, belly. These are light beers. You're these are light as well, beers. Right? You know, <laughs> maybe maybe a bangerang in the middle there to switch things up. Uh huh. Just uh, cleanse the palate. Yeah. Well, I, I can drink so much more seltzer? than my girlfriend. So she like yesterday morning we we are out at the campfire. Yesterday she was out of commission. I felt great. I was like, you need to drink by the fire more, rookie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't really say encourage people to drink by themselves in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go swimming. I, I'm not saying. Hey, I'm I mean, not I'm saying not I've never done it before. I just we can't say it's the best. I think there's some regulations in, oh, okay. in terms of broadcast standards. I'm saying I personally enjoy it, but would not recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, drink responsibly uh-huh. is what Jim is trying to say. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means for you, drink responsibly, uh, know your limit, and play within <laughs> it. Hey, uh, Jim, we were talking an hour ago about how we can't really promote people to drink irresponsibly. Apparently, that's not the case over in England <laughs> because they're asking for the public's help. Pandemic uh, really took a lot out of local pubs and restaurants and Someone's done the math here, 
And the UK is urging anyone who is legal drinking age to drink 124 pints at their local pub this summer. <laughs> That's awesome. This is like a call to arms. It's a call to arms. The uh, the pub industry needs a 25.66 billion dollar boost to return to pre-pandemic levels. And that means everyone who is legal drinking age needs to drink 124 <laughs> pints at a pub. Do your part. Well, you know, the pub is is way more part of the culture in, in Britain, so they go a lot of times every day after work. So, you know, that doesn't take that long to, to put away 124 pints. The campaign is called Your Local Pub Needs You. They've posted... Um, Posters all over the uh, <laughs> the UK saying that you need to support your local pub. And there's 40,000 pubs and bars that are fighting to stay afloat, they, they say. And they say, hey, hey if you, uh, you want to drink wine, that's fine. You need 122 glasses of wine <laughs> to do your part. And if you don't drink alcohol, you can just buy 976 packets of crisps. Great. So, Even the kids can chip in. That's right. Literally chip in because crisps <laughs> are, are bags of chips. Yeah. So it's uh, 976 bags of chips, 122 glasses of wine, or 124 pints of beer if you live in the UK. <laughs> Get out there, do your part, and save the, uh, the local <laughs> pub economy. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking.